Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Master Books podcast. Today, Dr. Lyle, a creation scientist with a degree in astrophysics, is here to share with us about two homeschool courses we offer, one for seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade, and one for high school students about astronomy. These courses are so popular and so fun to take, and he is going to tell us a little bit about his role as a creation scientist and an astrophysicist and how he is using the curriculum and the opportunity to share these books with you and your family in order to help people defend the Bible. So stay with us. It's going to be a great show. We'll see you in just a second. Welcome to the Master Books Podcast, where we bring you conversations that will strengthen your biblical worldview and the faith of your family. I'm Jennifer White, publicist at Master Books, a division of New Leaf Publishing Group. As host of this show, I'll be opening the doors to the Master Books family library of books, authors, and curriculum. For over 45 years, our company has been about one thing, ink on paper to touch eternity. In a world increasingly at war with God, we are publishing to partner with you to disciple your family, the church, and the nations. So hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Lyle. Dr. Jason Lyle has been an author with Master Books for quite some time, and he has terrific resources that actually have been bestsellers all along. And today, we're going to talk to him about his career and how he's used his career in a way or his love for science and his love for God to help promote the gospel. So Dr. Lyle, tell us a little bit about yourself and how your love for science, your love for the Bible came together and how you are using that to help this generation defend the Bible. Yeah, I've always enjoyed science and in my specialty field, uh, astrophysics. There's something just amazing about the universe. It's just it's big and it's kind of abstract and it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I, I've always enjoyed that. And then uh, I was I was saved when I was very young. My theology wasn't as developed as it is now, but I knew that mm -hmm. I was a wicked sinner and that I needed Christ to pay for my sins, which He did on the cross by dying on the cross, and by trusting in Him and and uh, declaring Him Lord of my life, I try to obey Him out of gratitude for that salvation. But it's very natural, I think, for a scientist uh, to uh, to be a Christian and to and to want to show people how the science confirms what the Bible teaches. The universe is God's handiwork, and the, it's interesting. The Bible specifically singles out astronomy, you know, the the heavens as declaring God's glory, and so it's very right. natural. Uh, it, it lends itself to um, evangelism and, and the defense of the faith. There's been this conflict thesis that was introduced well, a couple centuries ago that where the secularists have tried to paint the Bible as anti-scientific. And so and that's they've been successful in their propaganda campaign to try and convince people that you can't trust the Bible because it's anti-science. And so um, I, I feel an obligation and a passion to to defend the fact that the Bible is, in fact, the foundation for science. It's what makes science possible, that God upholds his creation in a consistent way. Mm -hmm. and, and the universe is incredibly beautiful. And, and just the way that God upholds it is wonderful. And I've enjoyed sharing that with people and seeing the light bulb come on that, you know, for, for some people, they're already Christians, but they have their doubts. And then it, I think it, it, it emboldens them. It gives them more confidence that, yes, the Bible's not just a collection of interesting stories. It really happened. It's real mm -hmm. history. The God that inspired it is real, and he's the same God that made this universe. 
Right. And it is such a beautiful universe. And I love that the many different books that you have written have helped both adults and students to defend their faith and to know God more, to see his glory in the creation, in the cosmos, to know him more through things that fascinate them already. We have two courses, Introduce Astronomy or Take the the Study of Astronomy Further. So the seventh and eighth grade students have the intro to astronomy. And in that, we use your book, The Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky, which has been extremely popular. I love it. And the reviews on it are terrific. Tell us a little bit about why you would think a homeschool student would need to study astronomy and why this particular course will help ensure that foundation of a biblical worldview. Okay, well, a couple reasons. Uh, one is this conflict thesis, the idea that the Bible's anti-scientific, uh, particularly matters of biology, geology, and astronomy. That's where mm-hmm. the secular world says, you know, the Bible's not true. The Big Bang, that's the way the universe came about, and solar systems formed from a nebula, and they're all billions of years old. Uh, the Bible gives us a much different account. It's the true account of origins. And so I think it's very helpful. It's very important for for students to learn. And it's best for them to learn this when they're young, that the Bible is true from the beginning. It's very defensible. It provides the foundation for science. The reason that this our, our scientific programs in the United States and around the world have been successful is because they're predicated on a Christian worldview. Non-Christians can do science, but they can't make sense of what they're doing. They can't explain why the universe is so well behaved and so well ordered as if it's upheld by the mind of God, because it is right. upheld by the mind of God. And uh, so uh, students need to learn this because they they will hear everywhere else in the world. They're going to hear the universe is billions of years old. You know mm-hmm. that the, 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 it sort of like popped into existence in a big bang and expanded since then. And life on Earth is an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to get the facts so that they can recognize. Uh, no, that is that is not the scientific position at all. It's, it may be the position that's held by the majority of scientists, but it's not something that's defensible scientifically. And so it's very important that they, they get that information. And um, frankly, I just think it's important for um, all believers. And uh, it was, so what about non-believers? Well, they need to become believers. <laughs> yes. and, then to, and then they need to um, glorify God because that's our purpose on earth is to, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so, uh, what better way to do that than by studying God's creation mm-hmm. and, and and seeing the, the the ingeniousness of the Lord, the brilliance of his mind and the way that everything has been constructed. And so I think it's very helpful for students to learn about that. Uh, God puts the passion on a few of us to go out and really study in depth and get a PhD. But mm-hmm. I think everybody ought to have at least a, a base level of, uh, of understanding of the, of the different sciences and how those uh, confirm biblical creation. Absolutely. And what um, I mean, the night sky, you're going to see it every night. And so it is a very simple but profound opportunity for anyone to have something to start a conversation with an unbeliever or a skeptic and talk about what they've learned. And so even with the seventh and eighth grade student, I love what you're saying. Yes, they need they need this foundation early in life because they are going to be hit with the lies and the anti-biblical scientific myths or theories. But even a seventh and eighth grader, of course, they can influence their peers or even parents and grandparents 
as they're studying this information. So with both of these courses, you have the Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky in it. Tell us a little bit about what the student is going to learn or even the family is going to learn as they go through Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky. Okay. It's a very practical book. It's a very fun book. It's basically um, my, my purpose in writing it is to help people to better enjoy the night sky from a Christian perspective. That's okay. really what it's all about. It's not, um, it's not really an apologetics book. Now I have another one. I have um, uh, Taking Back Astronomy. This is the first mm -hmm. one that I published with, uh, with New Leaf. And um, that one is more of an apologetic. It's going to show you how the evidence refutes the Big Bang and, and is inconsistent with the billions of years. Um, but uh, Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky is just really about how to have fun, how to better enjoy the night sky. Mm -hmm. And the first two chapters, the first chapter is really introducing how things move in the sky and why. Because okay. you'll notice that, you know, when you get up in the morning, the stars look different than they did at night. They're in different positions. And why is that? Mm -hmm. Well, we're on a rotating planet. And, and um, the first chapter goes through and shows you how the constellations shift as, as the time of night changes or as the time of year changes mm -hmm. and also how to track the moon and when is the moon going to rise and set. And, and very young students can learn to at least approximately compute in their head when the mm -hmm. moon's going to rise, if they know what phase wow. it's in. Yeah, it's not hard. And, and this is something that we've lost because in the past, most people knew how to do that because you had to, to know when to plant and harvest. You had to know mm -hmm. what month it was and people were out at night and we mm -hmm. didn't have all this modern technology where we, you know, we just turn on the lights at night. Um, so people spend a lot more time outdoors at, at night, but uh, something's been lost. Yes. Uh, it, granted, we've, we've gained all kinds of information about outer space based on the technology we have now, but, uh, mm -hmm. but I want to reintroduce people to the basics of, Hey, you can, you can tell when the moon's going to rise and set roughly, you know, within, mm -hmm. within an hour or so. And um, you know, when you do this often enough, there was a time when I was out, almost every night. And I could just by the position of the stars, I knew approximately what time it was. And it's just something that you get, you get used to. And uh, I wanted people to be able to experience that. So the first two chapters cover that the second chapter goes into a little more advanced stuff. Okay. And um, I, I, I put that as a separate, as a separate chapter that the youngsters can skip if they want to. So the youngsters okay. can do chapter one and then jump to chapter three and, and the rest of the book's an easy read. Okay. Uh, chapter two is a little more advanced. It tell, you know talks about the tilt of the earth and how that affects things and so on. And that's for the more, you know, maybe the high school students want to go through that and mm -hmm. so on. The rest of the book is, um, I mean, chapter three is on the eye and how your eye works and how to, how to use it most effectively because oh. our, our eyes have built in. I mean, we talk about night vision goggles. Your eyes come pre-installed with that. Basically, you've got two systems. You've got your cones that work during the day and mm -hmm. see color. And then you got the rods that they are active during the day and they can detect motion and stuff, but they really kick in at night. And there are ways you can optimize how you see things at night. And so there's a chapter on that. There's a chapter on if you want to get a telescope, what kind you might want to get and how to use mm -hmm. it. And uh, I've got a lot of experience with telescopes, so I know what to look for right. and what to avoid. And because I get, you know, I get a lot of questions about that. What kind of telescope should I get? Well, there's, mm -hmm. there is a chapter in it on the book that gives you everything you're going to want to know. And that you need to price know. Ranges and yeah. And then, and then the rest of the book is about what's up there and mm -hmm. how to see it, how to enjoy it. And there's a lot you can see naked eyes. Some people say, well, I don't have a telescope. You can see meteor showers without a telescope. And the book will tell you when those happen. Mm -hmm. uh, the next uh, eclipse that's going to happen, the next solar eclipse, the book tells you when that's going to happen and how to see it. And, and so right. uh, just things like that. And if you do have binoculars, uh, binoc mm -hmm. you can see a lot of binoculars. There are certain star clusters like the beehive that you can see in binoculars very clearly or the Pleiades. Gorgeous. 
And if you have a small telescope, there's even more you can see. So basically the remaining section of the book is how to enjoy the night sky. And there's even a chapter on how to take pictures of these things. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up about being able to use the naked eye, being able to use binoculars or a telescope, depending on what the family has access to, and that everything they need to know about what they would purchase if they wanted to get a telescope is actually in the book. So that's a lot of fun. So then, so that is Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky included in both curriculum and the one you were talking about specifically or specifically the seventh to eighth grade curriculum. Let me see if I can get this in the camera. The intro to astronomy uses the stargazers guide to the night sky alone. Then with the ninth through 12th graders, we have the survey of astronomy, which uses several books. Mm -hmm. You can see it there. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see me holding up the teacher's guide, but in that particular curriculum, we use three books and two DVDs and two of the books are yours. So Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky is in there as well. And then Taking Back Astronomy, which you also mentioned as having more of the um, apologetics or the defense of that, um, the defense of the Bible. Do you want to tell us a little more about that particular book? Sure. Yeah. So this is actually the first book I wrote for uh, for New Leaf. So here mm -hmm. it is, Taking Back Astronomy. Okay. And um, it's got, um, it covers a number of different topics, but one is just, it kind of gives an introduction to the kinds of things that we find in space. Mm -hmm. you know, what, what are planets and what are stars and kind of gives you a feel for the size of these things. It really shows you how the universe declares God's glory. There's a chapter then on the age of things, because that's one of the places where the secularists say the Bible can't be trusted because mm -hmm. the biblical timeline is a few thousand, about 6,000 years, something like that from creation to now. And uh, that's wildly at odds with what the secularists claim to be the scientific position of 13.8 billion years. And that changes every now and then. But what this, what the, there's an entire chapter showing you various lines of evidence that are inconsistent with the billions of years, such as the recession rate of the moon, the rate at which the moon is moving away from the earth. And there's a pretty clear discussion on that and how that can't have been going on for billions of years. Because if you run it backwards, the Earth and Moon would have been in the same place at the same time, 1.4 billion years in a hypothetical past. They can't be 4.5 billion years old, as the secularists teach. The true age is a, is a few thousand years, and so the, the Moon would have been 750 feet closer to the Earth at creation. Not a big deal. Uh, other things like that, like the excess heat given off by Jupiter, um, uh, the, mag the strong magnetic fields of Jupiter and Saturn, these things decay with time. And so if these planets were really as old as the secularists believe, those magnetic fields should be gone by now. But wow. they're still there. They're still strong. So there's an entire chapter on that. There's a, there's a chapter on sort of Earth and its uniqueness. Um, there's some discussion about um, what about extraterrestrial life. And, mm -hmm. and then there's a discussion on the starlight, a brief discussion on the starlight issue. I've, I've um, written more on that since then. But there's at least, okay. you know, some... Uh, it's at least addressed in that book. So it's basically giving you the the scientific ammunition you need mm -hmm. to refute somebody who says, well, science has disproved, the, the science of astronomy has disproved the, the creation account or the Bible in general. Uh, no, it hasn't. And in fact, there, there's one of the chapters in the book is on things that the Bible indicates, such as the, the roundness, the spherical nature of the earth, mm -hmm. uh, that we're ahead of its time. As far as I can tell, the Bible's talking about the roundness of the earth back in Job, which is 2000 BC. It wasn't until about 500 uh, BC that the Greeks finally came to accept that. And they're usually considered the first, but the Bible had it before that. Lots of stuff like that. Lots of stuff mm -hmm. like that. The Bible's not a textbook on science, but when it touches 
on astronomy, it's right because mm -hmm. it's inspired by God. And he does know right. how the universe works. <laughs> right. Well, I just keep thinking as you're talking about how, what a wonderful way to equip the family, to equip not just the students, but the parents can learn such interesting, fascinating information to share evangelically, evangelistically, but also just to um, often the homeschool families can be disparaged for their choices of homeschooling and that and their families maybe not agree that they're going to get a great education because they're choosing to homeschool. But what you're sharing with us today is taking both science and the Bible, marrying them together, showing them how God can be trusted. And this is information. I mean, what high school student or junior high student in the public school or even maybe in a Christian school has access to taking an astronomy course? Mm -hmm. Not many, I would think. And so they would have to do that on their own time as extracurricular. They probably wouldn't have access or know to find resources like you have provided for us. And so I want to really encourage those who are listening to check out these resources, not only for homeschooling, but also just for your own enjoyment, your own building up of your faith, and also to do what Randy Pratt, the president of Masterbooks, often says is have a little bit of swagger to your homeschooling, um, your decision to homeschooling to homeschool your family because you are providing something that they would never have learned or have the expertise to talk about if they had, if you had chosen for them to go to public school. So we appreciate the fact that you have taken your gift of loving God, loving the word, loving science and showing how the two line up together. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. And and I, I want to add, too, that even even the few schools that do have an astronomy, because there are some in okay. public schools that would have an astronomy class, there are a few, um, but they're not going to get the information that are in these books. They're, right. Especially the stuff about the uniqueness of the Earth, about the, um, the, the, the evidence that the solar system is much younger than the secularists believe. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that in public schools. Right. It's, the information's there. It's out there. It's in the scientific literature. But it's not going it to it's contrary to the narrative. Public schools have a narrative, mm -hmm. even though there I know there are Christian teachers in schools and I appreciate sure. them. But uh, the narrative that they have to follow is very secular. And so right. I'm a strong advocate of, of homeschooling and, and Christian schools as well. Right. And that leads to the idea that those of you who are homeschooling, who love astronomy, who love the Lord and love science can learn this information and share it with people who are in the public school system, the teachers who are Christians, who might be really be interested in knowing the biblical narrative and how it lines up and with the research that you've provided. So they have that in the back of their minds and can sometimes use it in some ways in their teaching. So with Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky, back to that book, I was around back when it came out and loved that it really hit in some places publicly. So it was on television a few times. Mm -hmm. I think Phil Robin Robertson with Duck Dynasty, maybe you had a conversation with him about it. I, yeah, I've chatted with him. So yeah, in yeah. fact, I did, I did a uh, Stargazer's session with him. I brought out the telescope and we did some stargazing. It was a lot of fun. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And then I was watching something on the Hallmark Channel one day and there's mm -hmm. your book on, <laughs> on one of the TV shows. And then 
I also found it one day while I was flying on a trip. I was in an airplane and, you know, reading one of the magazines for the airplane and uh, the airline, and they were featuring it. And so it's so neat to see how God is taking the truth and putting it in places where the world has access to it. So I'm just so thankful for that. And I want to um, ask you about, you know, like, we're coming up on Christmas. People are looking for Christmas gifts. Would you, would you recommend, even if they don't purchase the course or don't need the course right now because of the age of their students, would you recommend either of these resources for um, as gifts for Christmas? Oh yeah. I think that, yeah, I think they would, they're both very visual, both taking back astronomy and Stargazer's guide. They're both very visual books. Mm -hmm. So even youngsters are going to, enjoy at least the pictures even even little kids will enjoy the pictures right uh, when, once they're once they're in um, seventh or eighth grade they could really read either either book uh, mm -hmm. now there are going to be there's little bits in taking back astronomy that are a little more in in depth and uh, and, I, and i've indicated that mm -hmm. uh, but most of it's very readable i think to any any youngster or frankly adults and adults yeah. like books with pretty pictures too right um, so you know i think that i think it's a, a good gift for a very broad um people group. And, mm -hmm. um, and most people have at least a passing interest in astronomy when, when, sure. you know, when that's, when the space shuttle first launched, I mean, mm -hmm. everybody watched that. It was exciting. And yeah. we now have the Artemis missions and that's very exciting. So I think, I think people have kind of an interest in that. It's something that God's just placed within us. And again, God calls a few of us to really go in depth, but I think mm -hmm. most people enjoy the night sky. It's, it's mm -hmm. very pretty. Um, I've done a number of different telescope sessions where I've shown people the telescope. I've never had anybody be disappointed, especially wow. when Saturn's out. They look at Saturn. That's game over. That's just awesome. Really? That's <laughs> yeah. so fun. And, and, and these books will show you how to, especially Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky, it'll show you how to identify which one's Saturn. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get a telescope, how to use it and how to, how to you know, focus in on Saturn and pick out mm -hmm. the rings and so on. So, yeah, it's a lot Absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I think it's a great idea for a gift of for Christmas or any time of the year, just to help somebody enjoy nature, enjoy the creation, enjoy the creator, and just have their faith built up. And in, and it's a fun family thing to do together to get out and enjoy the night sky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is indeed. And, and you know, get a, so you know a lot of people live in the city. Get away from the city lights. You know. Yes. And, and uh, there, the the book has all kinds of charts showing you how to identify. Where mm -hmm. things are, if you want, if, again, if you just have binoculars, you can see star clusters. You just got to know mm -hmm. where to look, and the book will tell you uh, where to look and how to enjoy that, and when the next meteor shower is, and how to enjoy that, and uh, yeah. when the next eclipse is, and, and so on. So, and it, it, and it, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. I love that. Well, I think it's a terrific, a terrific idea for a gift and for anybody who's interested. I mean, it's not hard to be interested when you look at the night sky. And to know what constellation you're looking at, to have the background on it, you just feel wiser and smarter and more connected to the God who made them. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about other resources that you've written and published through Master Books and which one is um, maybe your favorite right now. Okay. Well, it's, it's hard to, it's always hard to pick a favorite because I, yeah. I like, I, I believe in everything that I've written and I think well, it has sure. its own niche. The one that has resulted in, the most people saying, I read this book and the Holy Spirit used it to save me. Uh, mm. It's the ultimate proof of creation. Okay. And, and it's giving you a bulletproof argument, not just for creation, but for the Bible in general. So that's um, in terms of spiritual impact. I think that's had the most uh, effect over the years. Mm -hmm. The um, 
the, the one that I'm, I've been jumping on really lately is Introduction to Logic. Okay. And uh, most students, most adults have never had a class in logic. I haven't. How do you, how do you, yeah, how do you, how do you use your mind correctly? Mm-hmm. And you you know, you see all these stupid things happening in this world and you think people need to be logical. <laughs> right. So, so that's been my passion. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, the arguments against Christianity are, they're, they're, they're never logical. They're never logical. And if you know how to spot fallacies, errors in reasoning, uh, you're not going to be, um, pulled away by that as much. So sure. I wrote that. I, I had homeschoolers in mind when I when I wrote this, but frankly, adults that have never had a class on logic might mm-hmm. want to pick this up. And absolutely I, my my favorite, I think just in terms of fun, <laughs> uh, I think Stargazer's Guide would be the second favorite. I think my favorite okay. fractals is the latest oh, one. Oh yes. Written. And because it's unique and, and you get these beautiful uh, images. These these this is artwork of God. No human being drew these these amazing uh, images. They're built into numbers by the creator of numbers. And there's no secular explanation for that. It's a devastating argument against any kind of non-Christian worldview. It's the biblical God that's responsible for those shapes. They're, they're gorgeous. They're, they're mind blowing. And uh, I, I think that's just a fun resource. And when I do a talk on that as well. And most people say okay. that's their favorite. That's their favorite. Of, so. your, talk, of your talks. Yeah. Tell yeah. us, give us a couple of minutes of what a fractal is and what and how it becomes a picture. That you, like so, you're showing. Yeah. Your so a fractal is any shape that when you zoom in on it, it contains smaller versions of itself, okay. either exact or approximate versions of itself. Mm-hmm. And they're found in nature, but the, the really interesting ones are found in math. When you when you plot certain sets of numbers on a, on a two-dimensional grid and you see which numbers belong to this particular formula, and the book ex- explains how the formula works and so on, it, you, you, you get a map and the perimeter of the map is is fractal. It's, it's, mm. it's beautiful. It contains smaller versions of itself. And the amazing thing is there's an infinite number of smaller versions on itself. So you can zoom in. And there's a little baby version of the original and you zoom in on it and oh, it's got a little baby and you zoom in on it and you can do that the rest of your life and they go on infinitely. Wow. So it gives you a little glimpse into the mind of God. And uh, and if you get the book too, um, you get the software that's used to, to plot and explore these shapes. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah. So you can sit home on your computer and, and explore these shapes. It's not something the computer's creating. It's something that has always existed in mm-hmm. the abstract world of numbers it's always known to the mind of God. Yes. And it's just computers are now fast enough. We can explore these shapes rapidly. Mm-hmm. And what a great time to live in that we have the access to the computers yeah. and, and the Lord is able to train people like yourself or to ignite that in, um, inspiration or that fascination in order to do the deep dive and show who he is and how he thinks. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful that you do that. And, and we get the chance to partner with you to release that to people who are willing to look at the facts. Amen. Yeah, these, these have only been known. These, these kinds of fractals, like the Mandelbrot set, have only been known since the 1980s. So okay. we, we are very blessed to live in the time in which we live in. It's all, there's always been no excuse for doubting the biblical God, but how much mm-hmm. more so today when we have yes. these amazing resources? I mean, no one was expecting that there would be beauty built into numbers, but it's there. And it's the Christian worldview that can make sense of that. And so I'm happy to share that with folks. It's, it's a, it's something most people have not heard about. Um, And so that's, that's what makes it kind of exciting for me. I usually, when people ask me what my favorite book that I've written is, it's, my latest one, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> sure, because yeah, all the research is fresh. About the moment, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do and for sharing it with Masterbooks. 
um, as Randy talks about, often the the Lord is preparing a remnant. We feel like we are partnering with those who are willing to be the remnant and trusting the Lord, trusting his word. And you are helping us to have the facts, the proof, the ultimate proof of creation that the Bible can be trusted. We're so thankful for that. And we're so thankful for you, the listener, you, the homeschool family, the Christian who wants to take the facts about science, the facts about the Bible, and defend our faith and draw other people close to God through it. I mean, that's what other reason, other well, to worship him, of course, but also in worshiping him to lead other people to know him, be saved and worship him as well. So God bless you, Dr. Lyle, for the work that you're doing. You. Just pray an abundance of the multiplication of people knowing about your work, knowing about these books and these courses, and also praying just a blessing on the who take the opportunity to study this, to show themselves approved and to glorify the Lord. And as you said, because the heavens are created to do so. Amen. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks everybody for joining the podcast today. We'll see you back on the next show. Bye-bye. <laughs>